welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here from busybusinesswomen.biz and welcome to episode 14 of the Busy Businesswomen podcast. Now today I'm delighted to welcome outsourcing guru Christy Smith from virtualelves.com.au onto the show. I constantly get asked about outsourcing and I also regularly hear from clients who are run off their feet and really overwhelmed trying to do it all in their business. So for me, it was a no-brainer to ask Christy onto the show as she's the founder of Virtual Elves and has worked with hundreds of businesses helping them develop the strategies, methods and tools for really effective outsourcing. Virtual Elves started in 2009 with just Christy at the helm and now boasts an international team of over 25 virtual assistants, graphic designers, web developers and a whole host of other contractors. And what Christy and her team do is show their clients how, with outsourcing, they can scale, grow and be more profitable. Chris is known for her ability to see how businesses can operate in a more efficient way and she uses her own business growth, mistakes and lessons learned to give hands-on practical strategies that can be implemented immediately. Christy features in her recorded show for Bryn called Outsourcing for Success and is a popular expert in her field for guest podcasts and entrepreneur education groups such as The Entourage. So why is Christy on today's podcast? Well, Christy's been in business for 10 years now, but she had a pretty rocky start at the beginning working as a VA. Uh, She was in a position where she had good quality time with the kids and family and a great social life, but she wasn't earning enough money or taking her business as seriously as she needed to. So after an ultimatum from her husband who said, change something about this business or go back and earn money in corporate, she turned her business around. So she's had her fair share of trials and tribulations as a business owner. And on top of that, she specializes in an area which, from my experience, both as a business owner and as a coach, helping other businesses grow, many of us are too slow to engage, which can be really costly both in the short and long term. And I do speak from personal experience there. Gone are the days where you've got to have a physical team in your office to build your business, but bringing a VA on board or outsourcing parts of your business can feel challenging and risky if you've not done it before. So I wanted to get Christy onto the podcast today to find out about her entrepreneurial journey and to tap into how we can all build better businesses by outsourcing. Well, that was quite the introduction, Christy. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here today. So welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast. Thank you, Faye. I'm really excited to be here and and to share what I know around outsourcing and uh, and living a less stressful life. Those words are music to my ears to start with, and I'm sure it will be to our listeners, so you've got everybody's attention already. Okay, so I wanted to tap into, first of all, your experience as a business owner, because you've been in business you know, for 10 years now, you've got a wealth of experience in your toolkit. I really want to hone in on that first of all. So as with many of us, you had a strong corporate career before you decided to go it alone and become your own boss. Why did you decide to do that? Why did you want to be your own boss? Yeah, look, it was was very interesting. It was an interesting turning point in my life. And I think most women will relate to this. You know, when we have 
children um, and we're working in the corporate corporate world, something changes in us. We feel like we need to tap into the more creative side of us rather than doing something for everybody else. And I, I don't know what it is. There must be a you know a chemical change in us. I think when we have children that makes us feel like we need that. And that happened with me. I was working. Um, in a pretty stressful job working in a uh, private hospital, running the whole front office operation. And, you know, I've been doing that for seven years. It was political. It was intense. It, it was, you know, working long hours. And when I had the kids, you know, yes, I was able to step back on that a bit, but I just realized that I was doing too much for everybody else and I wasn't spending enough time with my family doing doing the things that I wanted, seeing their milestones. I hated the fact that I had to put them in childcare for five days a week, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so I guess um, when I left, I, I actually left the hospital and I went to work for a medical communications company as their front office manager because it was just a little bit more flexibility but I found myself sitting there from nine till five every day with nothing to do. I was sitting, I was literally a doorkeeper waiting for couriers to arrive, which, you know, there might have been one a day. But I was not only wasting time of my own sitting there being bored, but the business owners felt like they had to have me for that amount of time. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't. I think that opened my eyes up and made me feel like I, I couldn't understand why, number one, a business owner would pay somebody a fairly good wage to just sit there and do nothing, and two, why I would do it. You know, I, was, I think it was a money, you know, it was a money thing at the time. But as my daughter was about to start school towards the end of that one-year contract, I had a discussion with my husband and said, I really can't do this anymore. I need to be in a position where I can go and spend a day at my daughter's swimming carnival or I can decide if I actually want to work that day um, but still generate an income and still do something that creatively inspires me. I'm sure there are so many nodding heads right now. Yep. I started my business pre-children but now having children, I can't imagine being back in my corporate career doing the hours that I did, the commuting, you're not yeah. being able to have the flexibility to do those things. So completely your story yeah. resonates with me wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's, it's very common. And, and I guess then at that point I was researching what skills do I have and what could I do that potentially, you know, would allow me to work from home and would allow me. And, and I had two friends who were in law and they were running their own practice. They needed some support. They didn't have anybody to support them booking travel and, and doing documents for them. And so I said, look, why don't I have a go? I'll jump in and and so, you know, the first six months, I literally was, you know, earning 30 bucks an hour, super cheap. <laughs> you know, um, I was a virtual assistant myself, but I was as happy as anything. I was working 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I had the flexibility. I was working from home. Um, and it was working really well. The only problem was that I then started to get busier. People were talking about how, you know, they could get my services, they wanted to work with me, and I started to get to a point where I was just too busy and I was I was doing more hours than I could handle and I really wasn't earning a huge amount of money for it. So the capacity that I had had diminished completely and I was having to turn people away and that didn't sit well with me, so I had to think of another solution and that's where I got a bit uh, experimental and jumped onto a freelance site and 
found this gorgeous girl in the Philippines who started to help me with the business. I love it, the creativity and look at where it's brought you because, you know, your business like mine, when we're trading our time for money, it's not scalable, right? And it's um, it's a tricky yeah. situation to find yourself in, which many of my clients do. So, you know, your, your working hours um, and your hourly rate, uh, you're flat out, flat chat busy, but there's no capacity to do any more. And I have been the same for many years or had been the same for many years in coaching where you look and go, okay, well, uh, you know, you've got a ceiling on your income and you've run out of hours to do anything more with any other clients. So I love the fact that that, problem then created this solution and the creativity you've had in creating virtual elves you know you've been running your business for 10 years now same here we've both reached a decade in our business which uh you know i've had a lot of trials and tribulations along the way as well and i think you know, kudos to us both for getting to this point you know, yeah. the fact is that you've beaten pretty much all of the small business stats out there that talk about failed businesses and how far you're going to get so firstly huge congratulations on doing that it's no mean feat whatsoever Thank you so much. Um, When you reflect back, what have been some of the toughest points in your career as a business owner and what what did you do to overcome those? Mm, Yeah, interesting. Yeah, look, there's been many and I think the biggest ones have been around, certainly around cash flow and around resource availability or resource deliverability. So there's two parts of that. You know, it's I'm a really... um, I have no problem jumping into something and and exploring opportunities. If someone came to me and said, Christy, can you build me a website? Even if I didn't know the first thing about it, I'd say, yeah, you know what? I can. And I'd go and find the resource and I'd make it happen. I'm I'm that kind of person. So in the early days, um, probably the biggest failure um, I had in the business was saying yes to, to building websites. And I didn't know the first thing about it. I kind of understood a, a little bit. I, I was self-taught in using WordPress and jumping in, but I got resources up from offshore to help do it. Now, it worked well for maybe the first two websites and then it all just fell apart because I hadn't really screened the that I was bringing on board. I haven't considered what I needed to do from a business point of view to make sure that all the risk, you know, was mitigated. And I ended up losing thousands and thousands of dollars because we stuffed up. Um, You know, I have no problem in saying that because what it taught me was to look at it differently, differently so that I was covered from a risk point of view and I had the right resources in place. Yeah, that was probably the biggest one. Um, I think the next um, sort of hiccups are around cash flow. Um, you know, and and managing managing a business is hard to start with. But from a cash flow perspective, running a business, you know, there were many times where I had you know thousands of dollars to pay my offshore um, resources, and I didn't have the income because. I hadn't learnt yet how to manage my cash flow. I hadn't learnt yet that I should ask for better terms on my invoice payments and I should be invoicing my clients beforehand so that I had the money to pay. And so there were many times that I let lots of people down by by not doing that properly. That's a really interesting one. I'm really pleased you brought that up because that's happened quite a few times recently to clients of mine and I've seen mentions of it either in client sessions with me but also in Facebook groups. 
um, around cash flow and you know, I run a business where I don't work with anyone unless they pay me up front. It's always been that way. So I've been in that kind of luxury position of never having that challenge. But what mm. surprises me is there are so many businesses out there that can also run their business that way or at least get a, a good deposit up front. And yet they, they've just not switched on their thinking to that way, that mindset. And so everything is being billed after they've done the job and it's creating a lot of issues for them. So I think, you know, that, like you say, it's been an expensive lesson for you to learn and a stressful one. But once you get your head around doing that, it makes such a significant difference to your business. And I think because, yeah, you're right. And I think because we, a lot of the time we go into business, usually, um, you know, it's a bit stereotypical, but, but most of the time we go into business starting the doing rather than thinking about something before we go in. And so we just we just start doing stuff and it's fantastic and we're getting clients and, and we're doing things and we kind of work things along the way, um, whereas I wish I'd probably looked at it from the very beginning and planned it out much better and worked out, well, how do I want this to look before I actually stepped into it? Yeah, completely agree. I, I reckon 99% of, um, of business owners do it the way that you did it and the way that I did it to start with, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Talking yeah. of which, um, you know, if you could start from scratch again, here we are a decade later, you've learned so much. If you could start from scratch again, what are, say, three things that you would do differently in your business that our listeners can learn from? Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting question because, you know, I, I don't know that there's a lot that I would necessarily do differently I really love the journey that I've been on but I think the first thing is I would have looked at the business as bigger than what it could have been from the very beginning so I, when I first started I just kind of went oh yeah I just want to earn a bit of money um, for myself I wish I'd looked at it and said you know what I want this to be turning over a million dollars within five years and this is how I'm going to do it because I would have treated the business and I would have treated my clients and the way that I uh, systemize the business very differently mm. so you know I think it's important not to just jump into or fall in something it's important to actually plan it out and have a vision and and have those goals very early from the very beginning so that you do drive yourself and you do it was very easy for me to just sit and accept the status quo of what was happening rather than drive the business forward in those early days yeah and I, I see that happen with clients all the time. We ran um, a session in November called the Profit Planning Lab, which was all about planning for the year ahead, but also looking at bigger vision for three years and you know five or ten years if you want to. Um, and I think the, the reason that we did that is because so many people find themselves in that typical trap of just kind of plodding along and their business evolving over time instead mm. of, like you, you're saying, taking that step back, getting clear on the bigger vision and structuring your business around what you ultimately want it to be and not just what you feel it could be right now and it's a big difference. But so often we get caught up in the busyness of day-to-day -day life and that planning goes on the back burner, right? I mean, I've definitely been guilty of it too. Mm. So, um, you know, as an absolute minimum plan, for the start of, from the start of the year is essential but the, having that bigger vision that you talk about is really important too yeah completely and I think the second thing is um, I would have got help a lot sooner than I did and and you know I know you and I have talked about this as well I think I 
kept holding off thinking, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, you know, I don't have enough work for somebody else, Um, you know, I'm barely making money for myself, so how can I... How can I bring someone else? If I if I had flipped that and said, if I get somebody else, then I can actually bring on more clients and have more money to bring on someone else again and again and again. And I didn't see it at that very early point. All I was thinking about was the money that I had available and that it wasn't enough to then pay somebody else. Yes. Yes, we will so dig deep, deeper into that shortly because that, honestly, I'm just nodding my head off and smiling because I've, I've been in exactly that position, as you know. My clients are, I think that's it, a trap that so many business owners fall into of going, I can't afford it. And as a result, they're just constantly holding themselves back. Good, good insights, really valuable learnings. Thank you. And I love the fact that you said, actually, I don't know that I'd do anything differently because I'm the same. Like I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, but they were all really important lessons. And it sounds like a cliche, but what I've gained from those mistakes has been invaluable. So Mm. I completely hear you and what you've just said really resonates with me. Now, we talk a lot about, you know, how you can make more money in your business, but we both know that time is our most valuable commodity, right? So as a successful business owner and mum, I'm guessing you do a fair amount of juggling every day and every week and you've got competing priorities coming up all of the time. What habits and tactics do you have in place to get through your workload, to grow your business and then to keep that all-important sanity intact when you know, you've got so much going on? So how do you make the most of the time that you've got? Yeah, look, I was talking to somebody about this this morning, actually, which was which was funny. It, you know, I think the one word that comes up for me is just acceptance. Acceptance that every day is going to be different. Acceptance that, you know, every priority every day is going to be different. You know, I may say that my priority is going to be writing a blog tomorrow, but then something happens with the kids or something happens and I'm not even going to get near that. It's okay to shift that priority. You know, it's, I think we can beat ourselves up so much by feeling like we have to do everything and we have to be successful in our business and progressive and we have to be, uh, you know, the best mother we can be and the best wife we can be and, you know, all of these things. You know, I, not only do I run a business that, you know, is a six-figure business, not only do I run a, um, I run a junior AFL club in the local Sydney area as well. I totally run the whole club. I also um, manage the band committee for my son's school and I've got a teenage daughter and, you know, a son who gets into every single um, regional sporting event you can imagine. So my life at times is absolute shit and it goes to shit you know like I look at your Facebook posts sometimes and I you know particularly when all the kids had gastro that particular one you know and I just look at it and just nod my head and go I hear you babe I hear you I know where you're at <laughs> you know so so you know the, the thing there the thing that is important to me my diary is my bible so I have the most colour-coded diary that anyone in the world has ever seen 
Um, you know, and it helps me visually to have a look at what my week consists of. So, you know, the kids, you know, my son is green, my daughter's pink, the AFL club's yellow, my meetings are red, my education pieces that I do are blue. I know what's going on. Um, you know, and it all works. It all, you know, nothing is ever, if you drop the ball, nothing's ever life-threatening. Yeah. So just accept that that's what's happened. I just love you even saying that word because I'm <laughs> someone that's very hard on themselves and I'm working on that. But yeah. that word acceptance just has, like, I don't know, it makes my shoulders drop, even yeah. makes me slow down speaking incredibly fast. It just has a really nice feel about it because I feel personally like there's probably not I don't have the level of acceptance I really should. I'm hard on myself. And I'm saying that full confession because I also know a lot of my clients and friends and fellow business owners are the same. We're so striving all the time for the next best thing and moving forward. And you're right. Some things do go to shit and we need to just have acceptance that that's what it's like and just move on and roll with the punches. So thank you. I just feel like I had a therapy session there. I loved it. Oh, good. That's my pleasure. And, you know, it's my word for you because I think um, for me particularly, I have, you know, like many women that will be listening to this, we tend to say yes more than we say no to things. And so it's very easy to say, yes, I'll do this, yes, I'll do that. And it's the adage of give a job to a busy person and they'll get it done, you know. I have this innate ability to say yes to everything that comes to me and I do get it done. But there are times when I wish I hadn't said yes, that I wish I had said no Um, because realistically there is someone else that can do it. You know, there is someone else that can do it. So it's just basically looking at that and going, look, Christy, you you accepted this and you brought this on yourself, so you have to manage it and deal with it and fit it into your life. Yeah. It's funny, actually. We've run a lot of podcasts now and the saying no um, comes up time and time again. You know, learn to say no. Don't be so quick to say yes. But then, like you say, just accept if you said it, you've got to deal with it, get on with it, and then learn yep. from that. Yep. Now, whilst we're in a kind of counselling session and you're doing so beautifully <laughs> on me, confession time, right? I waited far too long to take on a VA. Um, I've confessed this to my clients many times. So I've been in business. This is, we're going to hit 11 years in July. And it's only the last two years that I've had any support. Before that, I did everything myself, which has definitely cost me in terms of results and sanity. Um, Mm. I will fully admit I'm a control freak, reform perfectionist. um, And, you know, I've run my own show for over a decade. So for me, when I was thinking about outsourcing, it was a very uncomfortable prospect for me in terms of what the transition would look like, how would I go about doing it? Oh, it's all going to be way too difficult. I'll just keep doing it myself because I do it well. You know, you've heard this a million times, I'm sure, from business owners. (laughs) Is that a scenario that you see a lot of or should I just go into a room with a padded cell and be done with it? (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, if you did, it'd be a full room because (laughs) everybody else, that's that's their number one objection is that they're a control freak. I've been doing it for so long. I might as well do it myself because by the time time I show someone else how to do what I could have done it anyway oh yes. Um, yes that's the biggest one you know and also that whole thing of well how do I show them what I want them to do and how will I know that they're going to do it the way I want them to do it you know it's that 
that fear of letting go is massive. Now, the, the trick to this is to start thinking about what will happen if I don't let it go. So spin it round. If I don't let it go, what happens with my business? Now, the answer pretty much always is it stays exactly where it is. I go insane and my levels of stress rise so high that I get very sick, which happens a lot. Um, or, you know, most of the time it's I just my business is stagnant. It's not ever going to grow. I'm never going to be able to get beyond where I am now because I can't do any more work physically. So it's really thinking about like flipping it around and going, am I happy with the status quo or do I need to change something? And if the answer is no, I'm not happy with the status quo, then there's some really simple steps to getting yourself prepared to bringing on a VA to actually then take that leap. It'll be much easier if you do the preparation steps beforehand. Love it. I love the simplicity of that question because you can't dodge it. Um, mm. You know, you've got to be honest with yourself. And I think you you either know yes or no. You you know, it's mm. a simple question. So on that note, then, when do you think it's the right time for a business owner to get help and start outsourcing? Yeah, look, you know, I get asked this question all the time, and I think you know it's very easy for me to say the right time is any time, but. The truth of it is the right time is when you're ready. You can't bring somebody on until you're in the right frame of mind to be okay with having that person working with you. So it takes a bit of preparation, I feel. Um, You can do it the minute you start your business. Like from day one, there's no reason why you can't bring a VA into the business if within your plan – you've got that you need to get a certain amount of tasks done and you've got revenue coming in that can warrant paying for that. Yeah. You know, so it's really it, once you start to think about what it is you need and what support that you could get, then you're ready to bring somebody in. You've just got to be very clear about what that is and not do it in a look. I, I feel like... Don't do it in a state of overwhelm. When you try to do it in a state of overwhelm, it's too late. Yeah, that's a really good call Uh, because I reckon a lot of people, I don't know, this is not my um, bag at all, it's completely yours, but I reckon a lot of people make the decision to get a VA at the point that they're stressed and overwhelmed as opposed to being more strategic with it and um, being prepared. Do you see that happen all the time? I do, and, and, you know, that's why I'm out in, in, in the stratosphere trying to educate people before they get to that point because if I can educate business owners to start to think about this as part of their strategy, you know, you've got your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, your business strategy, why not have your outsourcing strategy? Build that into everything you're doing. Your marketing um, plan, for example, there are so many tasks within your marketing plan that you shouldn't be doing that a VA could do for you. So why don't you start to plan that in at the same time? And that would be music to so many of my clients' ears because the majority of people that come to me want to make more money, want to have better lead flow of clients, and so but don't know where to start and feel like they've mm. got to do it all themselves. And mm. yes, you know, we work on the strategy, but they don't need to be executing it all themselves. Um, no. Recognizing that you can outsource that to a VA would take a lot of pressure off of many of my clients, I'm sure. 
Now, full admission here, when I, my first experience of working with a team of VAs, so kind of project management structure was, I was in a 12-month coaching program for my business and um, I was given three months free membership of a a group of VA, well, not membership, sorry, three months um, of services from a VA. And so I went into it having this kind of pot of money, if you like, to spend for three months and was not organized, didn't know what to outsource. Um, So the time just ticked on by and then probably halfway through I started thinking, oh, my God, you know, I've wasted this opportunity and then really didn't make the most of it and regretted it at the end because I wasn't organized. And then the other Mm -hmm. sort of experiences or bad experiences I've seen or I've had are where you don't communicate effectively. So, And not so much with me, but I've seen other people do this a lot where they are um, trying to outsource a piece of work where they're not going through the steps clearly and they're just expecting to be able to talk to someone as if they've been in their team for the last 20 years and can just pass that piece of work off and expect it to come back done brilliantly like they've done it themselves. And those are some of the mistakes that I see from a client side that puts people off using a VA and they then have the warped sense of, or the mindset that it doesn't work for them or it doesn't work for their business. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you see people make when it comes to bringing on a VA and outsourcing? Yeah, well, they're the two top ones. You know, without a doubt, they are the two top ones. And to kind of pad that out, you know, it's – I think the communication is probably the first thing. Um if you, if you don't have some systems and some structures set up around communication, then it isn't going to work. It's as simple as that. Communication is the number one reason why you don't have, build a relationship with your VA and communicate to them easily what you want them to do. Now, there's different forms of communication, obviously, when you're working with a VA. You know, there's the the daily or the weekly communication to let them know what it is you want them to focus on for the week. You can use project management systems. Um, You can use Skype or Asana. There's so many different systems that you can use to, you know, be able to be in contact. So having having those systems in place is super important if you don't have that. And that's part of being organised, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think uh, I will share, you will share um, the link to one of my task audit challenges. Um, It's an amazing resource. It's a free resource for everybody that's listening to this podcast. And, you know, you can go into it. It's going to give you four or five steps on how you actually walk through getting organized. And, you know, the first thing is identifying the tasks that you want someone to do for you. Now, that sounds really simple, right? Like if I said to you, Faye, tell me what, you know, you did yesterday. You could probably tell me three. <laughs> well, I've already gone into like brain freeze because I know that what you just said is it sounds like a simple task, but I know from first-hand experience it's actually not. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but again, I could say to you, were you on Facebook? Did you do social media yesterday? And oh, you could yeah. Say, yeah, of course I did. I said, well, how much time did you spend on that? you're not going to be able to tell me exactly how much time you spent because I guarantee you're forgetting the time that, you know, you were sitting at the kitchen cooking dinner and you were flicking through Facebook or you were, you know, all these these little things, right? And, And so because of that, the task, you know, audit challenge will ask you to sit there and do a time audit for five days 
on what you physically do. You can't lie in that time audit. It's going to absolutely blow your mind and show you where you're spending your time and what sorts of tasks you're doing. So that's the first step. Your second step is doing, um, your second step is basically putting together, categorizing all of those things into different quadrants so that you can get a sense of what type of resource you need. Okay. So that's super important too. Then it talks about systems. So we're talking about systems. What sorts of systems do we need to use to communicate with someone to let them know how we want them to work? You know, what what's available essentially? And then we talk about going into processes. Now, this is the one thing, and Faye, you'll probably be all over this, but um, processes talking about how you can very simply show somebody what you want them to do. And the easiest way I've found over the last 10 years to show someone is by using a screen recording tool, something like Loom, L-O-O-M. Yeah. is brilliant. And you record the task as you're doing it and you talk to that task, you create a video and you send them the link. Love it. Because I was having a conversation with a client the other day and I have to say I'm a bit old school because most of my sort of procedures and things that I outsource are just in a Word document. But when I get stuff back from my VA or outsourcing team, they often send me videos so they're way ahead of the mark than I am. Um, And I really do need to jump on board with something like Loom. So for those people that don't want to sit at a Word document, this is a way easier what, you know, tool to use to document or system, you know, document the systems that you've got in place and to get rid of that feeling like you're not going to be able to tell them how to do your job as well as you do because, yeah. frankly, you're not irreplaceable, right? So something like Loom will make it much easier. And not just easier, but, you know, a lot of the a lot of the objections that I get from business owners not going ahead or saying that a VA doesn't work for them are around, well, they didn't understand what I was trying to get them to do. Well, when you show them in a video exactly how you do it, there's no room for, you know, interpretation, their own interpretation. That is how I do it. That is how I want you to do it. It's going to get done the way you want. Yeah. Exactly. So it gets rid of that risk that you feel like people are going to misunderstand you and therefore you should be a control freak and hold on to it yourself. Not talking about first-hand experience at all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But look, I I do this with my clients as well. I'll have a client that will say to me, hey, Christy, I don't remember how to access my WordPress site and change my blog content. I'll just jump on, go through a video, record the video of me showing them exactly how to do it and send it back. It takes me five seconds compared to me trying to type it down with screenshots and everything. Yeah, exactly. Way so get on, get on it. You'll love it. So, I love it. I'm all, I've written it down. I'm already converted. Guess good. what I'm doing when we finish recording this. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, so that's that step. And then really the, the next step is communication. So it's talking about the different forms of communication. This is super important because – you know, whilst you might be old school, let's say, and you uh, you like sending things via email, right? So email is your form of communication. But the VA that you're working with, they don't check their email all the time, but they're on uh, Skype Instant Messenger. Okay. And you know, 24 hours a day. Yeah. You need to be the one to go. If I want to get a response here in a timely manner, I need to move to Instant Messenger. 
Uh, yeah, um, it's such an important message. I mean, metaphorically speaking, you speak your client's language, right? I talk about this with my clients a lot. You've got to get into the head of your client. And the same goes with working with a VA. It's not about actually physically speaking their language, but it's about looking at the way they best like to communicate and matching what they need rather than expecting everyone to morph into what you want. So I think that's a really important point. We do it in so many other areas of our business, but a lot of people miss that mark when they're working with a VA, I think. Yeah, and look at, you know, the big example of that is I've got this amazing graphic designer over in South America. I've had her for six years. She's incredible. You know, I used to send a management tool um, to her for her to do, and she used to manage it beautifully. Then all of a sudden she stopped responding and she stopped being, you know, up to date with her timelines and I was wondering what was going on. So I messaged her and I said, look, you know, I'd really love to know what – the holdup is here, what's going on, how do you want me to communicate with you now? Yeah. And I asked her that question. She said, I'm always on WhatsApp now with my new boyfriend. I'm like, well, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but, but all I had to do was on WhatsApp say to her, hey, Eva, I've just popped a project into Basecamp. That's all I had to do. I could see she'd seen it and then she'd go to Basecamp. Yeah, as easy as that. Simple. Yeah, simple. So... So there's sort of the steps of communication and then the final step is really just putting together that job description. So pulling everything together out of all those steps that you've done, putting together a job description on the ideal arrangement that you want and make it what you want. Don't try to say, oh, but, you know, what would a VA need it to be? Go, what do I want? And then you basically find someone that works with that. Love it. So tell me, I'm really intrigued to know how you work, and this is, was not in any of my questions to ask you, and it's not about a pitch, but I'm just, you know, the way that I work with the team that I have is it's kind of from a project management point of view. So I have a multitude of different people that can help me with my business, but I have one central point of contact and they then farm my work out to the appropriate people within their team. Is that how virtual elves work? Or, you know, give me a snapshot of how no. this works. No, we're completely different. And that business model has been quite strong for the last 10 years. What we've done is we've tried to personalise it a lot more because it, depending on what, what you need, if you've got five different very distinct types of work that needs to be done by five different people, then that model really makes sense. You know, it it works. If you've got one virtual assistant that is doing some work for you, um, then you want to have the direct contact with that virtual assistant so that you know you've got the one person who's supporting your business for the long term. So, I like that model better. It works better for us. We are in the relation. We're in the business of building relationships between our clients and our VAs, yeah. so that you know they look at this as a long-term engagement. So that works beautifully from that perspective. From my perspective, I've got a team of thirty, so it's a big team. Mm. They don't work on my business. They work for my clients and my business. So. Me entirely, I've probably got eight people, yeah. um, but I deal with them directly. Mm. And I like that from the perspective that I have, I can just throw stuff at them and go, I need this done, and I've got that relationship with them. Yeah. It's and I know who's doing the work. Yeah. 
it's interesting actually because there is definitely a gap in my business. So I have well, it's kind of two different setups. There's one where just I have one person as a point of contact, and the work comes back through her. I then have another group where. I submit the work and then I deal with directly the person that's doing it. But the gap for me now is actually someone that is with me, like not all the time, like full-time hours, but that there's that consistent person that can do some routine tasks that I trust and um, I can just replicate and do that with them. So I think that there, and that is where I I see that you would come in um, and be hugely valuable and having that consistency in that person that you talk to and is part of your team rather than, um, you know, the setup that I've got at the moment. So, okay. That's just the values of my business is consistency, reliability and trust, you know. So, and I provide that by giving that structure. Yeah, completely see that. Okay, so I'm sure that there are going to be many of my clients and listeners listening to this and thinking, all right, I'm kind of nearly sold. I think that this is something I should do. I know I should do it. What would be your top three tips for anyone thinking about taking on a VA for the first time? Yeah, so I think the first step is go and do my task order challenge because that will open up your eyes to how much work you've already done or not done to be prepared for this. So I wouldn't even go and start thinking about engaging a VA until you've done and you actually are very clear and know exactly what it is you're looking for in a person. So that's the first step. Yeah. The second step is to really think about the type of person that you want to bring in. It may be, to be honest, that a VA isn't the right type of person. Maybe you need somebody local that can come in just for a few hours a week based on what what activities and tasks you want them to do. So think about the type of person. And the third thing is work out your budget. So the budget is super important, not from the perspective of how much can I afford but how much is my time worth? And if I strip away five or 10 hours a week worth of my time, how much money could I then make by replacing an activity that is income generating into those hours? Yes. That's the biggest thing. If you can think of it as an investment and say, I'm investing 10 hours back into my business that will generate $300 an hour instead of 15 that I'm going to be paying my VA, then it doesn't make sense not to do it. Completely and utterly agree. We were talking about this before we started recording, weren't we? On, you know, I've had yep. a client recently had a very similar conversation with her and when we looked at what her sort of you know equivalent hourly rate would be when she's working in her guru expert space, then that was significantly more than she could be paying a VA to outsource some of her work to. And that simple shift was a no-brainer for her, but it made sense to get help. And I think the other thing I just wanted to add in there is, and this might have been just a mindset that I was in for a while, that I needed to bring someone on for significantly longer, you know, more hours a week yeah. than I actually needed to. And I, I really do encourage my clients to say, okay, well, if you're not, you, your transition doesn't have to be from zero to 40 hours a week week it can be from zero to let's say five or ten I don't know if you have a minimum but it doesn't have to be that massive step ease yourself into it and then realize how valuable it is and then trust me you're going to want to ramp it up yeah that's that's a very good point and it is definitely a a massive um 
a massive sticking block for lots of people. It, it stops them then thinking they need to have 20 hours a week, which I have to say the majority of companies that provide outsourcing services do inflict on their clients. Um, I don't. My business is super flexible. If you want to start just with one project task to see how it makes you feel, yeah. that's okay. Um, you know, it's important for me, for the business owners, to feel safe in dipping their toes in the water and having that sense of how is that going to feel for you if you just let go of that one thing. Okay, that sounds great. You've let go of that. How did that feel good? All right, well, let's try another one. And then we slowly build it up. So there is absolutely no minimum hours working with a business like mine. Um, and you can come in and just trial it and see how you feel. If that isn't stripping away all the risk and the excuses, I don't know yeah. what is. <laughs> that was the goal three years ago. I stripped everything away. There are no contracted um, periods. So if, you, if it doesn't work and you want to leave, you can leave the next day. If, you know, there's no recruitment fees, a lot of companies that you outsource with will charge a recruitment fee or an onboarding fee yeah. of about $300 uh, a lot of the time. We don't do that. You know, we're interested in building a relationship rather than grabbing money, you know. Yeah. We know for us in the long term it's going to help. So, yes, you're correct. We've stripped away all the objections. There is no reason why you can't actually just get started and try. I love it. I really, really <laughs> love it because I know what a game changer this has been for me to for one of a better corny phrase but it really has so now listen I just got to do a quick plug here I'm not only did I manage to strong arm Christy into doing this podcast I'm super pleased she has but I've also managed to get her to be an expert on uh, one of our masterclasses that's coming up she's going to be running a masterclass for our shine tribe this month where Christy's going to be talking about where to start and how to get prepared to take on a VA. So we've really only touched the surface today and there is so much more to getting this right. So in this masterclass, what you're going to learn is how to identify all the tasks that keep your business running and whether to automate, delegate, systemize or ditch them. So how good is that? You're not only going to find out whether you somebody else could be doing it for you, but whether there's actually a task you can get rid of altogether. You're then going to learn how to set up critical systems to improve the success of your outsourcing efforts. You're going to learn to how to communicate properly with that outsourcing staff member and, you know, why that's the number one tool to success when outsourcing. And Chris has already talked about it. I've been on the receiving end of not getting that right. And trust me, you know, it's, it's something you want to nail from the beginning because it will be worth its weight in gold later on. And then Chris is also going to take us through the five things you must do before hiring a VA. So, this is one of our masterclasses in our Shine Tribe. If you'd like to join us, just head over to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash shine or go to the link which will be in the podcast show notes and you can get also all of the goodies that um, Christy has been talking about at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 14. So I'm super excited about you coming on and running that masterclass, Christy. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, for those people that might be listening to this podcast after March 2018, you can still get your hands on Christy's recording of the masterclass. Just follow the links that I mentioned and you can grab it there. So without further ado, what I'd love to know now, um, aside from setting up your business and the wonderful business that you run, is there a favorite mantra or quote or saying that really keeps you motivated and, and you know, has contributed to the success in your business that you love that you're happy to share with us? 
Yes, there is. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me today. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so excited about joining the Masterclass as well. It's, it's going to be wonderful. Um, look, my the, the thing that is always at front of mind for me is it's a um, Henry Thoreau quote and it's I just picked the words out of it because it's march to the beat of your own drum. It's been really important to me because, you know, as an entrepreneur who has grown her business to what it is in the last 10 years and as a mother, you know, you come across a lot of startup, you know, um, young startup entrepreneurs who are killing it and just, you know, going, they're hustling, they're, they're pushing and they're pushing and they're successful it's easy to get caught up in thinking that you have to be something that you're not, you know, and that you never will be. And so when I I have to keep reminding myself, just Christy, just march to the beat of your own drum. What you're doing is the way it should be. You don't need to be moving faster. You don't need to be catching up with all of these guys. They're in a different time in their life. They're at a different stage in their life. This is your time now and you just keep where you are. Yes, I love it because I ran on a lot. I ran on about lots of things, but I ran on a lot about the fact that I'm anti-hustle. And also it comes up time and time again, both for myself and for my clients, that whole imposter syndrome kicking in. um, Mm. And, you know, there's so much noise out there because of social media and the young guns that you're talking about can be so easy to get dragged into what everybody else is doing and feel like you've got to morph into what's happening out there. And you absolutely don't. So that's a really beautiful reminder to run your own race and do yep. it the way that you want to and not get drawn into the noise around you. So thank you. I thought we're back in counselling land because I'm really <laughs> very, very inspired and I feel like you're just talking to me and no one else. Oh <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, I'd say that was a bloody good podcast, Christy. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, last piece of counselling for the day then. Uh, I'm a bit of a book lover. I always like to come across new books to read and much prefer recommendations, as we all do. So have you got a favourite book that's inspired you in business and that you love and recommend widely? Do you know what? There's not one favourite book. I've read a number of books. You know, there's a lot of business books that really really do inspire me. Anything by Richard Branson inspires me. Like, I just... I look at him from the perspective, um, you know, of a kid that had dyslexia that, you know, dropped out of school, you know, like just someone that didn't have, um, I, I guess, the smarts from an academic point of view, which I didn't either, um, but I'm savvy enough to be able to build relationships and run a business the way that I want to. So anything by Richard Branson really does inspire me. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think we should get ourselves to Necker Island one time. Have you been? No, I haven't been. I, I've got a number of friends who have been and it looks yeah. incredible. Yeah, I think we need to get that on the big vision board, the, the yeah. five, three-year, five-year. One-year plan would be nice. I know. The one-year plan would be nice, wouldn't <laughs> it? I'm going to Fiji at the end of the year with a bunch of uh, business women that looks incredible, actually. So I'm, I'm halfway there. I love it. You know what? I'm just going to throw a last question in there based on what you just said. What kind of networking events do you go to? What do you like to do to connect with fellow business owners and keep that kind of inspirational pill going? Yeah, look, I love anything that has has smart, savvy people at. You know, it, I don't – I like going to really warm um, – 
warm things that not just encourage business but encourage lifestyle and encourage, you know, the, the whole way of living. So things for me, I'm a big part of Nurture Her or Nurture Change. It's an amazing community and they, they run events in Fiji every year. So And that incorporates all the, the self-love, self-care plus business inspiration, all of that sort of stuff. So that's the entourage is another one. That's where I get my my buzz from. In yeah. you know communities of of people who are invested in knowledge and education. Love it, and I think it's so important because as business owners and many of us as solopreneurs, it can be a lonely game sometimes. And so it's yeah. so important to surround yourself by uh, with good people. So. Thank you for sharing those. I'm going to check out yeah. Nurture Her and Nurture Change, and I certainly like the idea of going to Fiji. So thank you for the inspiration. You should come to Fiji in October at the end of the year. We love that. To. I would really like to do that, and I'm totally going to check it out. <laughs> Any excuse to get on a plane. Yep. Right. So I've taken up way more of your time than I think I promised. So first of all, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to you. It's been – I could have just sat here for hours. It's felt very, very easy interviewing you. You're a source of inspiration inspiration and knowledge I love your story Um, I think you're very practical and you've also walked the path that so many of our listeners and um, my clients are on so thank you for sharing your story and the the trials and tribulations and what has and hasn't worked in your business we really appreciate your honesty and openness so thank you oh you're so kind thank you it's easy um so I know that you mentioned it before but I just want to make sure that all of our listeners grab this Christy has an awesome freebie and we do like giving out freebies on this podcast so um if you've been listening and thinking that you might need to start outsourcing which I many of you are. Uh, Chrissy's recorded an awesome video that you can get. It's called the Task Audit Challenge that she mentioned earlier, and it's designed to help you prepare to take on a VA. So all you need to do is head over to virtualelves.com.au forward slash task audit challenge, and you can get yourself started there. All the details are also going to be in the show notes, which you can find by going to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 14. Now, all of Chris's details are going to be in the show notes too, but if you want to jump over and get some valuable virtual elves goodness right now, just go to virtualelves.com.au and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash virtual elves. Okay. So anything else you wanted to add to Christy before I love you and leave you and let you get on with your day? Uh, look, you know what, I think we've covered a lot and I think uh, we'll definitely cover and go deeper in our masterclass. But um, I think that uh, I've, I've been very happy sharing my story and sharing some tips for the listeners and, and hopefully that's been very valuable information for everybody. Well, we've loved having you here. So thank you so much. Really looking forward to the masterclass. And please, for our listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to head over to iTunes and leave a review. Let us know how awesome you thought Christy was because she is thoroughly awesome and if you'd like to hang out some more I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram so just head over to Busy Business Women and you can find a lot more biz goodness on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz but without further ado thank you so much for tuning in today I really appreciate it I've loved having Christy here and we love sharing these stories and the wins and wisdom from business owners that are doing remarkable things in the business world so I will be back very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands. This has been Christy Smith from virtualelves.com.au and you've been listening to the Busy Business Women podcast.